Chiefs host the Bills in a defining game for both teams. Let's talk about it. Show starts in less than 13 seconds. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of the KC Laboratory. Welcome into a live episode of the Casey Laboratory presented by Emprise Bank member FDIC. Matthew forgot we were live for a second. That's okay. Hi, Matthew. I I never forget that we're live. I, I want you to be I want to be very clear about that. I do not forget when we are going live. It's just, you know, people can get a, a peek behind the curtain. They can see our teamwork working on the back end and all that all that stuff. Right, Craig? Yeah, no, we definitely have just great teamwork. All of us uh, play off of each other terrifically. Isn't that right, Maddie? Oh, shit, Kent. <laughs> Boy, we are as dysfunctional as Buffalo right now. I uh, full disclosure. Well, no, I, I, you know what? I, I picked the Bills to beat the Chiefs less than twenty four hours ago when I was talking to our wonderful friends over at Cover One. Today makes me question everything. <laughs> just that things continue to get things just continue to get worse in Buffalo with some of the things going on over there and the story about Sean McDermott. I might get talked. I I just I don't know. I might get talked into. Be, I, I might get talked into flipping that here by the end of the so end of the game. They will see. Do we think that matters? Do we think that you know the the giant you know release about. The struggles of Sean McDermott connecting to players, where he's drawing motivation from, and just some of the faults and cracks in the way that he has built that Bills team. Do we think the article coming out has any impact whatsoever on that current locker room and what they go into this week and this Sunday game? No, they're they're with him every single week. They see this behavior. If it if this same behavior is continuing into this season, because some of these stories are from several years ago, um, if they're still there. It's not like this going public now all of a sudden everybody in the locker room's like, oh, thank God somebody's telling our story. No, they know. Like, it's fine. I don't think that it changes one thing for that team in the locker room. It's just creating extra stuff that they're now having to deal with in the media this week that maybe they wouldn't have to otherwise. Here, my thing is, is I, I did not, I had some blinders to Sean McDermott. A little bit where I didn't believe him to be, you know, I didn't believe some of these characteristics that we are seeing kind of revealed right now necessarily hit. Um, And it, it look, I think in totality, maybe some of this makes more sense if some of you know, if, if that, you know, and I, you know, Ty Dunn, terrific. So I, he does good reporting. So, um, you know, some of these characteristics and, and Sean McDermott having to get up there and, and issue a statement. And it, man, there's just like, I might've over or underestimated, I think some of how, of what's going on in Buffalo. And I'm just like, I, I don't think my entire opinion of the game is going to change because of that. But I, I'm like, man, like there might be more issues there than I even anticipated. Like it, it seemed like there was some, it was pretty messy, right? I mean, look, they had to, you know, they had to have a, a big come to Jesus moment with Stefan Diggs, you know, before the season even started. And they've endured a lot of issue, you know, injuries and issues. And 
some meltdowns in some games. And I mean, like, we'll we'll get into all that. This is just a wild. I I could like we think the Chiefs season's weird. <laughs> we think the Chiefs season's weird. We haven't even. I mean, we just. We just live in that vacuum. Everybody else's season is way weirder than you know. Yeah, I don't think the Chiefs season's weird. I, I, I don't think it's weird. I think the Chiefs play a very specific like brand of football, and the season follows the same path every year. But I wouldn't necessarily call it weird. I think it's pretty standard compared to a lot of other teams, especially the Bills, the way it's going. Um, I, I will say this, though. I, I feel like this is the kind of article that can come out here and create a little bit of a rallying effect for the guys that do still really do believe in Sean McDermott, the guys that have rallied around him, the guys that do believe his Niagara Falls stories that seemed like they go into a dead end, no pun intended. It, the guys that are already buying into that are going to rally around him because like, it, 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 it's a great article and I don't think it's this, but you're going to see that locker room in tight ways spin it as a hit piece and that's going to create a little bit of camaraderie that's going to play like, get guys to kind of rally for a message. So I, not that the Bills needed more, they're playing for essentially their season. It's just the timing of it. I, I do think will create some level of intensity that if it were to be lacking, you know, might not be now for a certain subset of guys. Now, I tell you what, man, I, I don't think they needed this as motivation. You're right. Because this is, this is a, like the chiefs can essentially eliminate the Buffalo bills from the playoffs. Like this is a game that if the bills do not win, they are in terrible shape trying to make it just just making it to the playoffs. So that's a crazy that's that's crazy to think about, but I mean it's the truth. They're six and six. Um, you know, we Maddie and I have both talked to the guys over at Cover One. They uh, are very similar to what we do here at KC Sports Network. They do excellent work covering the Buffalo Bills as an independent group of content creators, and they're wonderful. Um this like I think, you know. They're jaded in in a lot of ways, right? Because of what's happened, um, and like the, I think they all know like how crucial this opportunity is for this team that has underachieved immensely to levels I don't think anybody really saw coming. Um, and here we are, six and six, Chiefs uh, at eight and fo- at eight and four, kind of a a defining moment for both teams. One in, in their pursuit of the one seed. And one just trying to get seated at all. So let's get into this game a little bit. Um, we will talk about the Buffalo Bills offense and the Chiefs defense to start this thing off. Uh, one thing that kind of surfaced for me as I was talking through things with some of those guys earlier in the week, you know, the Chiefs likely without Drew Tranquil. Chiefs also likely without Brian Cook. And that's two players in the back end of your defense from a communication point standpoint uh, that could really matter against a team that's going to air it out. It's going to try to challenge some stuff vertically down the field. I, I think that's a, that's a tough loss that this team's going to have to navigate. Go ahead, Greg. This is your Oh, area. yeah, definitely. I, listen, I'm just so used to Kit throwing it to you. See, you know, this is I the know. teamwork that, we, that Kit was talking. You guys didn't talk for there. seven minutes. So, like, he kind of lobbed it up there between two guys and, like, let us fend for it. Fend, fend for us. Yeah. I get it. Okay. Well, okay. Anyway, yes, that's definitely the case. I think we saw some of the communication issues, maybe the front end not being connected to the back end, which is understandable once you go to a third string Mike linebacker in his second year that has just a small handful of snaps to his name. 
then you've also got the guy on the back end that everybody talked about as being the, the one who was calling the plays, getting all the DPs on the right page during the preseason, during training camp. Those two guys, you know, getting into that scenario where you don't have some of your primary play callers, your primary communicators, your primary coordinators, that matters a lot. And I think we saw that against the Green Bay Packers. You saw a lot of guys that were open. You saw a lot of guys misreading stuff, maybe some of the pre-snap stuff. You know, guys calling stuff out to some of the other linebackers. Hey, be on the lookout for this. Watch out for this. That didn't happen. And I we saw the results of it against the Packers. And it was one of the worst games the Chiefs defense has played. That is going to matter so much more. Nick Bolton is going to be huge if he can play in this game. Like uh, that, that might be the single biggest thing that will happen this week is getting Nick Bolton back, even if it's just from the organizational standpoint of all of this, because he's going to be wearing a club on his hand and, you know, he's going to be a little bit limited in some of his effectivity, but getting everybody organized, getting those quick calls in. If Buffalo goes hurry up, they know they've got a guy that can call the full complement of plays. If there's a blitz on that, they, that you know, Nick Bolton identifies, oh, hey, this is this is the wrong call. They're going to check out of it. Whereas maybe before they weren't comfortable checking out of it with a third string Mike linebacker. That's going to be huge, as is Mike Edwards getting every single rep as the free safety look this week. That's going to matter a lot because now he and Justin Reed are going to have to shoulder that load a little bit, have to make sure that everybody's on the same page a little bit more. Whereas it sounded like Maybe Brian Cook was that guy in the secondary. So they got to split that up and not have to try and do that in the middle of a game. Now they've got a little more preparation. I think that's the single biggest thing other than being able to wear normal spikes on a field that you want to run on and you're used to that is going to be the biggest difference between last week and this week against the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, uh, so... Going for Tranquil to Bolton, I, I think that they're assuming Nick Bolton is going to play and is 100% healthy and everything like that. Like going from Drew Tranquil to Nick Bolton, I think there are differences, but I don't know if you're getting a drop off. I, I don't know if you're getting an improvement. You're kind of swapping out some strengths of one and weaknesses of the other. Um, So like we'll kind of go through those as they go, but I don't think that one for one player swap is necessarily a negative. It's just kind of it, it's a wash, right? The one that has me more intrigued specifically for this matchup is on the back end. And it's not so much that I think Mike Edwards is significantly worse than Brian Cook. It's more so the conjunction of Reed and Mike Edwards now have to both play two deep, you know, both play deep safety when they're out there together and they're two safety stuff. Or even when they go three safeties, they're going to have those two guys deep and Shamari Connor is going to be the guy that gets the patrol around underneath. They don't really want him playing deep in that role right now. We saw that Jordan Love prayer on the on the fourth down where he just hawks it up in the air. Justin Reed's in no man's land. Justin Reed is so late to get over the vertical. There's nobody holding him vertically to the backside of the formation. He just doesn't move until the ball's in the air, and then that makes him late to get over there. Romeo Dobbs, Dobbs I believe it was, was able to make the catch as he was falling down. Like it, It's just stuff like that. That's an area where Justin Reed probably hasn't played a ton in that personnel package when Brian Cook is healthy. Brian Cook and Mike Edwards are probably your two deep safeties on that look. So little stuff like that, that's kind of where I have my eyes specifically for this matchup because Josh Allen will push the ball downfield. Josh Allen will say, hey, that safety is a little late. And when I say a little late, I mean a half second late trying to rotate and he is going to throw a rocket right down the seam. He will put the ball up and over and layer it over the top of a corner that's like expecting help over the top. So they're really going to be have to have to be on their P's and Q's on the back end not a great game to lose Brian Cook, who 
I don't know if he's their best deep safety, but he's the guy that seems to operate back there the most. He has the most reps for this Chiefs team playing back there. So it'll be interesting to see how big of an issue that becomes as the game wears on. Do you think, and I know this is maybe a little bit high, high level conversation for the entirety of the game, but I think this is an interesting place to put it. Like, do you feel like the Chiefs have the same kind of sense of urgency in this game that the Buffalo Bills might, knowing that this is a game that can really set them up well to eliminate a quarterback that's shown the ability to go blow for blow with Patrick Mahomes from the playoffs, but also it's a game that they really need to make sure that they put themselves in a favorable position to potentially still be the one seed in the AFC. Do you guys think that, like, and we'll, we can tie to the defense. Do we think, like, what do you, like, do we think Spags is, is going to show some things a little differently this week? Even though, I mean, like, I, like look, we know the, the nature of Spags, but, like, yeah. do you guys think we're going to see something different? I mean, we'll, we'll see a little bit different. We saw some wrinkles against, uh, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles when Nick Bolton wasn't out there and Drew Tranquil was running the show. I think with Nick Bolton out there, we'll see a couple more wrinkles. I get not wanting to do it with your backup, backup, Mike linebacker. Like, I totally understand not not being too diverse, giving a little more simplified reads and stuff like that. But speaking of it, like, holistically, Kent, yes, I think the Chiefs are going to unload the clip a little bit. Andy Reid likes to keep things close to the vest. We talk about it all the time. Andy Reid doesn't want these Buffalo Bills in the playoffs for that all those reasons that you just mentioned. I think we are going to see a less normal regular season performance from the Chiefs schematically this week. I think we're going to see a little bit more adventurous. I think we're going to see not just from Spags. Spags is always adventurous out there and exotic. But you know, Andy Reid, I think, is also going to kind of come out of the you know come out of his playbook a little bit get into the bag a little bit try and try and get away from some of the vanilla stuff you know just line up we're going to do what we do i think he's going to throw a couple curveballs at the buffalo bills and i think spags is too because they know if they can beat this team it's essentially throwing dirt on the grave like it, that's what it is you're you're burying them this is it you want to kill off this team and get right for your offense in December. You need that. Like, you desperately need that as a team right now. I think Andy Reid's doing it. I think Steve Spagnuolo knows that he wants to get another good performance back under his belt to show it's like, hey, listen, we took the Raiders a little bit lightly. We had a bunch of injuries last week. This is who we really are. I think we're going to see both sides of the ball come out schematically with a whole bunch of stuff that we don't typically see against an AFC contender in the regular season. I mean, defensively, I have no doubt that Steve Spagnuolo is going to come out there and throw a bunch of stuff out there. He consistently has. Go back to the Dolphins game this year. He was not holding back, I mean, anything for that game. He wasn't just out there running bland stuff. He was trying to beat the Dolphins and, you know, kind of not even showcase, but I mean, number one, the defense kind of had to win that game. So he was having to go all out there. That's probably going to be the case again here. The defense is going to have to come up big, so they're going to need those big plays. But also, he's ever changing stuff like when he's bringing all of his exotic stuff it never looks the same week to week it's dressed up differently I expect that all to keep coming you can go back to last year the year before anytime the Chiefs played the Bills and we're like oh Andy's holding back guess which side of the ball was never holding back the defensive side he was sending pressure he would got people got really mad that he was blitzing Josh Allen at the end of half they gave up a touchdown and then he stopped blitzing and then they gave up more touchdowns and so like he's try, gonna try whatever he can offensively, I know we're mostly focused on the defense right now. Offensively, I don't know what to expect. Um, I, 
I don't know if Andy can afford to hold stuff back, and I don't mean to win this game. I just mean with this offense in general. I don't know if this offense can afford to hold anything back. Like, they're mm-hmm. fighting tooth and nail to just have a competent offense full of screens and quick passes. Like, that, they literally can barely scrape together a functioning offensive game plan right now. Yes, they shoot themselves in the foot with turnovers, with penalties, but, like, that's part of it. They can't just sit there and be like, oh, we're going to come out here and run vanilla passing concepts and run concepts for 60 minutes and expect to score more points in this Bills team. But like right now, this offense isn't functioning, doing those things as is. So I hope the Chiefs come out and show a little more. I hope this isn't kind of repeat of the same, you know, the past two games against the Bills in the regular season where they're just kind of dragging their feet on offense because I do think they need to find a rhythm. I just, I don't know if I, that's not Andy Reid's usual MO, right? That's not normally what he does. He usually keeps it really close to the vest versus these AFC teams. It's just they've never been in this position in December where the offense just seems like they are entirely stuck in mud for vast chunks of the year that they need to break out of. So hopefully that kind of pushes him up to the, you know, makes him push his own limits when he's calling the game. I, yeah, and I, I said that I said something very similar earlier this week. It's just like Andy doesn't have the luxury of managing a season the way he typically does, right? Showing stuff to set things up for the playoffs and building you know, and, and getting to kind of manage some things, maybe getting out to early leads against some teams and kind of managing some things in the second half and some of that. They don't really have that kind of luxury. Um, and that's what's going to be so fascinating about the remainder of this season, especially a big game like this. Like, I think we can all acknowledge this is probably, like, I, I think this is the the toughest challenge that the Chiefs have remaining um, I, in, this, in the regular season. Um, I think the Bills still have that kind of ceiling they have one of the highest point differentials in the national football league they are a hot and cold team but you don't want to play them when they're hot and the you know the chiefs they're they're gonna have their hands full this week so uh i think they've i think they've got to i think they've got to show some stuff this week and they kind of gotta to treat this a little differently than they normally have yeah and to kind of tag up with that with the kind of the next point about this buffalo bills offense if steve spagnolo is you know, deep in his bag, he's got a lot of extra, you know, coverage rotations, you know, novel blitzes and things like that. Josh Allen is a turnover machine this year. Like, he really is not taking care of the ball. And I know that he's kind of, that, that's kind of what you get with Josh Allen. You get the good, you get the bad, you, know, you do all of that stuff, and then you get the Buffalo Bills. Um, you know, but he's thrown 13 interceptions this year. They've got Seven lost fumbles as a team this year. They are 24th in the NFL in turnovers. There have only been two games that they have not turned the ball over this season, and they have two games where they've turned it over four times. Hmm. Like This is not a team that is taking care of the ball well on offense, and if you've got a team that's coming in that feels like we have to win this, we have to press, our guy Wyoder even put it in the chat right here, You know, with all of that emotion and everything like that, if you are seeing this team having to press a little bit more, Josh Allen will make mistakes. And if, you know, if Steve Spagnuolo is speeding up his timer, he's going to further compound the normal mistakes that he would make. So this is a game that I could see the Buffalo Bills coming out. and We know we need this. We're going to really get there. We're going to try and create some explosive plays. We're going to come out and let Josh Allen sling it. And it might shoot him in the foot. Like it really might because... They're going to present so much on defense for the Kansas City Chiefs. Josh Allen's going to just keep pushing it and keep hitting that button to try and throw it because, as Maddie said, if he sees that little window, he's going to try and take it. And 
if there's a backside safety that he doesn't identify, well, it's ripe for the picking there. So I think that this is a game that the Chiefs defense, if they're catching the ball well, if they're creating you know opportunities for turnovers, they're there. And this could be one of those that turnovers for the defense actually end up turning the tide versus what we talked about all year where the turnovers for the offense have really killed this team. Yeah, it's tricky for me um, because Josh Allen definitely will turn the ball over. Um, whether you make him or not, honestly, he will turn the ball over. He'll just kind of gift you one. The thing is, though, he's still playing quarterback at such a high level and with so much confidence. And it doesn't matter if he gives you two turnovers. Every other possession, they're going to go down and score points, right? Like, And that that's the qualm. That's why this matchup for the Chiefs is so difficult is the defense can play excellent. We know this. We've seen it for the past six years. Good offense beats good defense. Josh Allen can out-execute your best defense in the NFL far more often than your best defense in the NFL can out-execute a star, a stellar, and elite quarterback. And he might give you, still, he might give you those two turnovers, but if the opposing offense, the Chiefs in this case, isn't going to make you pay with touchdowns, isn't going to make you pay with big points over and over again, it might not matter. It's like, that's where, and not that there's nothing the Chiefs can do to slow him down. Like, I agree that you got to blitz him. You got to make Josh Allen get off platform. We've seen him against the Chiefs look uncomfortable numerous times. We've seen that result directly against this team. It's just as soon as he finds rhythm, he gets going. And it doesn't matter how good the defense is playing against him. He's going to find ways to do crazy stuff. And he's playing with that level of confidence right now. So it's a, it makes it a very difficult matchup for a team that's been winning through their defense. I do think kind of one key, Craig talked about Spagnuolo uh, heating him up. That's it. Four games this year, teams have blitzed Josh Allen and the Bills over 40% of the time. Those games have been the Jaguars, the Patriots, the Buccaneers, and the Denver Broncos. Some of their worst offensive performances. Like, obviously, to start the year against the Jets was one of them. They did not blitz him a ton. But since then, teams that blitzed a lot, you know, almost half of their reps or the dropbacks had a lot of success. Josh Allen only threw for six yards per attempt on those plays. Three touchdowns, two interceptions, took a couple sacks. So then that's probably the plan here. You think Steve Spagnuolo is going to send a bunch of guys at him, send a lot of pressure, but boy, when you do, you better get him on the ground because Josh Allen is yes. better than Patrick Mahomes on the move. He's the best quarterback in the NFL's career. He has taken that title from Mahomes this year of being the best quarterback when he's scrambling. More EPA per play, turning more pressures are not turning into sacks for him than even Mahomes this year. Like, he is doing everything you possibly can to avoid sacks and getting on the move. So I do think you have to pressure him, but you have to do so and stay responsible. You have to do so a sound in your rush lanes or he will make you bet. In control. And that's exactly right. You don't want him. And like, look, you know, he's definitely taken a beating physically, you know, when he, when he runs the ball. And I think you see that a little bit, honestly, at times, but you still don't want him on the move. You don't want him extending drives with his legs. You don't want him getting out of the pocket. And, you know, Gabe Davis doesn't have to think if he's running as much if he's just running to space out of structure, right? Like, you, it's kind of funny, guys. Like, I think some of the frustrations that you will hear uh, about the Chiefs weapons, you would probably hear about Still, you know about the about the Bills. Like it's Stephon Diggs, and there's just you know they're not finding any consistency or ascension or growth from a lot of their other guys. It's very similar. Um, I still like the. I think I'd still take the Bills skill skill players across yeah. the board, but it's tighter than you'd think. Um, it's not been good for them. But I think the thing that 
is worth paying attention to as well when you're talking about this offense. And it's not necessarily as much an on-field thing. I mean, it will manifest on-field, but this is a Bills team coming off the bye week. This is a Bills team that has a offensive coordinator change. So Joe Brady has weathered the storm in season. He's got a chance to reassess some things. I still believe in Joe Brady as a play caller. Um, I think there's some reports earlier that uh, James Palmer wants that he he wants to you know uh, Joe Brady wants to run the ball a little bit more. Uh, sure, please. Um, but I, I I just you know like this this could be one of those pivotal. It, it's it's so I'm not trying to magnify this game, but like the storyline out of this game could be Josh Allen plays out of his mind. They're gonna look back on this moment as a defining moment for their you know hot stretch down the, down the end of the season to get into the playoffs and be the most terrifying seven seed that we've seen in, in, in recent memory. Um, if, you know, it, Josh Allen uses this as an opportunity for assessment, for reflection, to try to just maybe figure out what's keeping him from making some of these mistakes over and over again. Like, obviously, at some point, he just is what he is, but, you know, it's it's in the range of outcomes that he's able to settle himself in just just enough to eliminate those turnovers. And if that's the case, as a terrifying proposition, especially when you are down two players that are pretty important to the back seven of your defense. So it's very it's going to be interesting for sure um, how this defense handles handles Josh Allen and how Josh Allen responds in a very crucial moment, not just for this season, but kind of for his career. Uh, anything else on the defense before we move on, Craig? Uh, yeah, uh, I'm curious to see if the Buffalo Bills lean into heavy personnel a little bit more. We have seen a lot of tendency breaking for the teams that the Chiefs have been playing. I know that you know there have been some offensive changes that have occurred shortly before some of these Chiefs you know matchups. So maybe there's a little bit of a caveat there. But there's been a lot of teams that have taken that early season Jets playbook and said, hey, we're going to go into 21, 12 personnel, 13 personnel. We're going to live in that. We're going to force you to be in your base defense more often than not. And then we're going to try and throw on you. And we saw midway through the Green Bay Packers game, and maybe a little bit in the Raiders game, that Steve Spagnuolo maybe is a coaching point. Hey, you guys, maybe play a little flat-footed. To, to start here, get ready to drop into coverage because teams are getting us into base and throwing so often against us. And that's led to maybe some you know hesitation on, on the defensive front, collapsing downhill, trying to make plays in the run game. I think that's why you saw the Green Bay Packers have so much success in the run game. It's why you saw you know the Raiders have some success in the run game. You're just not seeing the same sort of stoutness up front out of the base defense. So I'm curious. If, you know, the Buffalo Bills come out a little bit, try and play a little heavier on some early downs and just say, okay, well, we're going to keep you off balance. We're going to get QB run game going a little bit, and we're going to put a lot on the second level here and take advantage of that kind of run pass conflict a little bit. So I got my eyes on that, see if they lead into it a little more. And the Bills without Dawson Knox have not, have definitely dialed back their, their heavier personnel usage a, a good bit. So this could be, you know, a chance for them to come out and break that tendency but I also don't know if they're, you know, chomping at the bit to get Quentin Morris out there along with Dalton Kincaid. Like, I just don't know. If, I don't know if that's the route they're going to go. Their run game out of 11 personnel has been phenomenal. They've varied their run game. They've done what we want the Chiefs to do with the run game, and they've varied it, and they've stuck to it. They said, hey, 
we don't have to just run inside zone and split zone 90% of the time. We can run duo. We can run dart. We can do all this different stuff that actually lets our big offensive linemen get downhill. So all these teams try to manipulate space against our zone run game kind of get shut down. So also with like with the Bills playing, they can play heavy to manipulate the Chiefs. They can rely on Josh Allen's arm or hey, guess what? They can attack the actual weakness of the Chiefs defense and run the ball straight at them just like the Packers did and really get things started on the wrong foot. So first down specifically is going to be huge for the Chiefs. You can't give up like you did at the beginning of that Packers game, be given up over five yards per play on first down for what was like the first quarter and a half or something. Like you can't get into that stretch again where you can't stop the run when it's coming straight downhill at you. I do think a little bit having Nick Bolton back instead of Drew Tranquil, I think you do lose a little bit of physicality in terms of taking on blocks. That might be a little bit of an issue, right? Like Drew Tranquil for, you know, everything that's happened with the Chiefs defense, he's more physical taking on blocks than Nick Bolton has been. Not not saying better or anything like that, but he's more physical taking on blocks. You take out Tranquil, replace him with Bolton, and then you have a run game coming straight at your chest. That might, that might get a little dicey. So hopefully the Bills rely on Josh Allen's arm. It sounds crazy to say that, but that's the strength of the Chiefs defense. If they try to really sit down and pound the rock and run the ball straight at them, that coupled with a play action game could get real ugly for this Chiefs defense that struggled to stop the run for the majority of the year. Uh, we're going to take a break. We'll be back to talk about the Chiefs offense right after this. What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? This is Tucker Franklin from KC Sports Network. Thank you for listening to today's show. Make sure to follow us and subscribe for more Chiefs content wherever you get your podcast. If you want to support us further, you can shop the latest collection of KC Sports Network merch in partnership with Sandlot Goods. You can find hats, shirts, hoodies, and more at sandlotgoods.com. You can click the link in the description for more information. Say hello to a stressless holiday season with the help of HelloFresh. Skip the grocery store and save time with easy, tasty recipes delivered straight to your door. Spend your time this holiday season shopping for gifts and sipping cocoa, not stuck in the checkout line. Sign up for HelloFresh and get everything you need to whip up a fresh, tasty meal delivered to your door. Just choose your recipes, select the delivery date, and relax knowing dinner is on the way. You can make hosting this holiday season a joy rather than a hassle with the help of HelloFresh Market. From crowd-pleasing charcuterie boards to photo-worthy desserts, it's easy to add these party pleasers to your weekly order, saving you so much time. With how easy HelloFresh makes it with all the ingredients, it can also be an opportunity to cook with your family during this season and make things fun with your family. Go to HelloFresh.com slash KCSNFree and use code KCSNFree for free breakfast for life. That's one breakfast item per box while subscription is active. That's free breakfast for life at HelloFresh.com slash KCSNFree with code KCSNFree. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. The holiday season can be a time of great joy and celebration, but it can also bring extra added stress to your life. Whether that's stress from traveling, stress from spending time with family, or financial stress, it can be a time of ups and downs this time of season during the holidays. This time of year, you might be spending a lot of time thinking about others, getting gifts for your family or friends, but it can also be the right time for you to think about yourself as well. That could mean going easy on yourself in tough moments. A great option to help yourself through tough times this holiday season could be therapy. It can help you talk through tough times in your life. 
It can help you prepare emotionally for things you might experience in your life and help keep you grounded during what could be a stressful holiday season. It can be helpful in learning positive coping skills or how to set boundaries, and it can empower you to be the best version of yourself. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. In the season of giving, give yourself what you need with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash KCSN today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash KCSN for 10% off your first month. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Thanks, everybody, hanging out with us. Please feel free to hit the like button, hit, hit the subscribe button. Thank you to everyone that helped us raise over $20,000 for the KCSN Foundation and Operation Breakthrough. Uh, we do a big shopping spree at Dick's Sporting Goods every year to buy all the stuff that's going to help support uh, the Christmas story, Operation Breakthrough. It is one of the most fun days of the year. Um, so, uh, yeah. It's it's a big day at KCSN uh, tomorrow, and thank you all so so much for your kind donations uh, to uh, to this wonderful cause. You're going to help a lot of kids, and we cannot tell you how appreciative we are that you guys all stepped up and and helped us helped us uh, do that. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, you are the best. You really are, and we really appreciate it. Bills defense is pretty good. Uh, they've got you know they've well. They they got a good front. This is Kit talking from three years ago. I know it's like a it's so it's well it's hard to parse things right now because like they've they've definitely incurred a lot of injuries. Um, you know, there's a lot of the same names that we've seen, and, and some of them are not good. Like I know there's a lot of. Von Miller's made a lot of headlines in the offseason or, you know, in the bye week, but he's not made a lot of headlines during the season because he hasn't been particularly good. Um, but they still have some intriguing pass rushers up front. They have some depth to the defensive line. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be a challenge, even though they've incurred a lot of injuries in recent memories. There's still some good pieces that are playing and still some old pieces that have played a lot of good football in Buffalo. Let's see what you know, like. What do you want to start with for the offense, Matthew? What where do you want to go with this? Well, okay, I we started a lot like the direct talk about the Bills' offense with Josh Allen. So let's talk about Patrick Mahomes on the other side. Um, 
it's really been difficult to watch Patrick Mahomes this year, year and decide what exactly is wrong with the Chiefs offense and why his play doesn't look as good as it has in years past. And I think, you know, we'll all kind of agree he's still playing very, very good. It's just different. And it's not different in a good way. I feel like last year it was good and the execution was near flawless all the time. Everything was on time. He was still he still looked like himself. He was just playing very much within rhythm and structure of a well-designed offense. This year, he looks tight. He looks really buttoned up right now. He looks like a guy that is specifically trying to go one to two to three. Okay, now we have to check down or scramble. But when he's doing it, he's not even considering trying to break the rules of the play. And that's the whole point of having Patrick Mahomes is that you break the rules of the play. Yeah, maybe in the process of going one to two, you can linger on one a little bit because you have the arm to make up for it later. Maybe you see a tight window that the safety's position tells you technically you're not supposed to throw the ball, but you're Patrick LeVon Mahomes, so you can't. He's not even trying that stuff right now. He is absolutely positively not even considering it, and I think it's making everything look a little funny. I don't blame him. Go no. back to the Giants, go back to the Lions game to start the year. I think he was playing like himself then, and guess what happened? It looked really ugly then, too, when he was trying to do those things. It's just, I think some of that confidence has to come back because I don't think they have the weapons to play one to two to three buttoned up like your Drew Brees, checking the ball down one to five yards over and over and over again. And it feels like that's how he's trying desperately to play right now. He is so quick to work down to his back at times. <laughs> like, he has been so quick to get down into the check down. And, like, you'll watch the play and it's, and it might, you know, it, there, there's a lot of reasons for that. I love that you brought up week one, Matt. I called you Matt. That's not normal. Um, but I was, Who was that. I was having a conversation with some uh, some friends today, and someone sent a quote. Were um, your friends? I know. I have more than I have more than you two. Uh, I was in the side DM with Jordan and Tucker. No, you can't um, do that. Wait a minute. <laughs> uh, no, I was I was talking to a couple of buddies, and one of them sent me a quote from Greg. Uh, Cosell just kind of talking about you know okay hold on Cosell hates Patrick Mahomes so like we're taking all that with a grain of salt by the way I, I want to tell you the quote and I want to tell you what I agreed and disagree with it so you know talk to you know like hey it's not just the wide receivers you know Mahomes is developing or in, in some bad habits he's produced some bad habits and I the I love that you brought week up one up because the week I remember praising Mahomes early in the season for the maturity with which he handled the situation he was in. And I like how he was navigating that. And I agree. He still looked like Patrick Mahomes and he was making, you know, good decisions with the football, you know, and all that stuff. And I think this season has bred some, you know, some early exits from the pocket. Like, you know, like Greg Costell talked about, you know, not trusting the tackles. A little bit like there could be a little bit of that it could be a little bit of the receivers but i just remember last year mahomes being so confident at the top of his drop and getting the ball out of his hands a lot of times in the middle of the field to a receiver that was open right and it just it doesn't feel like i i think you know the issues that this team has dealt with with the pass catchers and probably to some extent the tackles even though i like i don't like do we think the tackle situation's a wash from last year like, and it's worth having a conversation about. Like, it's worth having a conversation about who's playing tackle this week. I mean, you can get there in a second. But yeah. I just, I, I don't know. I, I do think that 
there's probably been, you know, it, it's just, it's by, it's a byproduct of a long season. And I do think that it, you're right. Like he's not, he's not playing to the same level of consistency and confidence in what he's seeing and in this offense that we've seen in the past. And like last year was like so starkly different, even though the tackle situation is the same, it's just a little bit more experience at the pass catcher. We can go, we can go on to the tackle position. Like I think that's a great transition though, because this is a very interesting story. To me, at least, Wadi Morris appears will be starting at left tackle for the Chiefs against the Bills. A very big game, a very big opportunity for him. Um, Donovan St- Smith is out with a stinger, uh, most likely has not practiced yet to this point. And Andy made an early indication that Wadi Morris would be the left tackle for the Chiefs this week. Very small sample size last week. A lot of reason to be optimistic. Maddie, you've written about it. We spent a lot of time talking about it. Uh, I do still think this is going to be a difficult challenge for him uh, in in a, in his first game opportunity as, as a starter. I I mean, any challenge is going to be difficult when you're a rookie offensive tackle kind of coming into your first start, especially when you're going to deal with a opposing defense coming off a bye that has shown you in the past when they play this Chiefs team, they will completely change up everything they do to have a very pointed defensive approach to you. We remember... Last year, they did the three-man rush with Matt Milano specifically dropping in late to be a spy or late rusher to whichever direction Mahomes kind of ruled to. So like, he, he's going to present unique challenges for him that he will have to handle on the fly, absolutely. But man, at the end of the day, Donovan Smith's been bad this year. Um, and Wanya Morris might come in to be pretty bad in pass protection. But I'll tell you what, he's not going to be bad as a run blocker. I feel very confident saying that he is going to be at least a good run blocker from what we've seen so far, if not a really good one. So like this move seems like it absolutely should happen unless he goes in there and the offense becomes completely dysfunctional because of his play, which again, Donovan Smith has not been good this year and he's received a lot of help from chips, from backs, from tight ends, from protection calls. I don't know how Wanya Morris could play so bad that it completely breaks the offense more so than what they've already had to do to compensate in some ways for Donovan Smith over there. So I'm excited to see it. I think it'll play out well, and hopefully the Chiefs you know, allow him to get into rhythm as a run blocker. So I think that'll allow it. We talk about confidence with Mahomes. I think it allows tackles and offensive linemen to play with confidence when you let these good run blockers really push and lean on defensive linemen as well. And I think this is... A- a good game for him from the perspective of his feet are going to move. You know, he's going to be able to get up the arc a little quicker than a Donovan Smith. Now he may not handle the pass rush as well. Once he's up there, we'll, we'll see what that looks like when they get there. But when you got like Leonard Floyd, Greg Rousseau, you know, Vaughn Miller, Shaq Lawson, these guys that can rush up the arc, give me the guy that can move a little bit. Now, We'll see. Again, we, we will see what happens once it gets up there. But at the very least, we know that Wanya Morris can get out of his stance, can get up the arc, can protect to, you know, 11 yards deep. And that's what Patrick Mahomes needs right now. He, he needs a little more consistency so that he can feel comfortable sitting in the pocket. Maybe that gives him enough time to where maybe he does dwell on his progressions a little more. Maybe he does you know, kind of look MVS's way and say, well, he's kind of open, but let's see what Rasheed Rice is doing over here. Oh, he's more open. I want to throw him the ball. There's instances now where we are seeing, especially against Green Bay, you know, Patrick Mahomes knew he needed to get the ball out, knew he needed to make something happen quickly. And so, you know, hey, that guy's open enough. I'm going to throw it. That quarterback play in a nutshell. But 
if he feels more comfortable maybe coming off of that read, that first read a little bit sooner and getting to somebody else, another wide receiver, and then giving him a chance to get open. Maybe that's what this offense needs. I know we spent all this time talking about not being on time, not running things the right depth, not giving the right spacing and things like that. We're to the point now where they're so simple and that stuff is still happening. Something else has to change. And maybe it is Wanya Morris playing at left tackle, giving him just a little bit more time and then getting to lean on the run game a little bit more as well. And like I, we, we spent that time talking early in the week about like whether or not the Chiefs should make the move, how we would feel about the Chiefs making the move to the left tackle. And it's like if there's a level of comfort for Patrick Mahomes, well, like this is like who knows if this is going to be a you know, a, a real chance for for Wanya Morris to just grab the reins and, and hold on for the remainder of 2023 and into the postseason and all that. But, I mean, the Chiefs haven't had great tackle play for several years. They've had to help their tackles with chips in the in recent history. So, you know, it, it I Morris might be able to step in here and, and you know, and, and, and make an impact. This is a, you know, we talk about, like, like the Bills have in, in, incurred some de- in some issues or some injuries, right? I still think they've got a really deep front. Like, and I think that's going to be something that's going to be challenging because they do have some guys that can get up the arc and they have a lot of bodies that they can throw. This is a top five scoring defense still in the National Football League. Uh, you know, yeah, but who I know, I know, look, <laughs> I know. I'm just saying, there's still there's still a there's still a top a top five scoring defense in the NFL. They're giving up 22 points in the last three, and that includes a game against the Eagles, but. Um, I, yeah, I, I have, you know, I, I think this is a big challenge for Wanya Morris. I really do because there's a lot of different guys that they can throw at them. And I do think that the, the bills are going to throw the kitchen sink and try to, you know, mess with some of the, some games up front that can really give them some problems as well. Okay. Anything else on the offensive side? Well, I think we probably need to talk about the whole Isaiah Pacheco thing. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if, if you guys feel that that warrants something, but, um, yeah, it, Looks like they might be without Isaiah Pacheco, who has not practiced to this point this season or this week with a shoulder injury. Uh, not great. Uh, probably been your second best offensive player this year, uh, your, your offensive weapon. So not having him could be a problem. Uh, you know, I I know, like I know you guys want to talk about Clyde a little bit because it sounds like he might be getting the start. Um, I mean, I don't. To me, it doesn't matter who the running back is if the Chiefs are going to come out and run inside zone, split zone, and outside zone all game long. And that's what they do against most AFC teams. That's their MO versus AFC teams. And like, if that's the case, you're going to get one of those Pacheco performances that is 11 carries for 21 yards, and maybe there's one really awesome eight-yard run in it, and that's it. Like, Are you going to miss that if Clyde goes 11 for 18 instead? You know what I mean? Like I said, to me, it's all run game dependent. I do think Pacheco brings a lot to this offense that no other running back on the roster is going to. He runs very hard. When there is a crease, his speed, his burst kind of takes him through it. It turns, you know, short gains into medium gains. It can turn medium gains into long gains. I think it's all there. I just don't know if Pacheco creates a ton on his own. His vision, his patience leave a lot to be desired. So when you're going to go into this heavy zone rushing game plan like the Chiefs often do against AFC opponents... It takes more nuance, I think, to run that. And I just don't know if that's Pacheco's strength. I don't think Clyde's necessarily going to do great at it if that's what they're going to go for. It's just I don't know if the gap will be as big, whereas the Chiefs want to come out and go back to single back power. They want to come back and run counter and do some of the runs where the offensive line can open big holes. 
that's where I really think you miss Pacheco because that's when you get him going downhill and becomes he becomes a little bit more of a force there. So it, we'll just kind of see. It's a lot more run scheme dependent to me. I think Clyde and you know Jared McKinnon, if he's able to play, Denaric Prince, if they call him up, whoever's taking you know who, Michael P. Ryan, whoever's getting the carries, right? If the Chiefs go into their runs that work against this Bills defense, I think they will find some success. Not as much as with Pacheco, but they'll find some. If it's all zone again, I don't think it matters who the running back is. I do think that if it is all zone, at the very least, you know, we're going to see efficiency. Uh, you know, we've been talking about this all year long. Clyde gets what's blocked up, and we are seeing it happen more and more as of late. And I think with, you know, wearing a little extra weight has suited him well uh, recently. I think he's he's looked good. Like, I think he's running through some tackles. I think he's able to break some stuff off. And so I'm actually okay with seeing what a Clyde Edwards Hilaire game looks like here. I was actually talking with our pal Nate Tice about this earlier today. And he made some allusions to the fact that, you know, hey, split zone game. And I said, hey, you know, we're prime for Clyde Edwards Hilaire to go for 5.5 yards per carry on limited carries. I'm not expecting 25 or anything like that, but on like 11 carries. And now all of a sudden we're talking about Clyde Edwards Hilaire's, well, look at what he's got and all of that and gaining headlines again. And so I, I think that there is a chance for Clyde to come in and still be effective. I think we all remember the Buffalo game where Andy Reid, you know, his rookie year where Andy Reid just kind of broke a whole bunch of tendencies and busted out a whole bunch of different things and really punished the Bills on the ground. Clyde's not that same back anymore, but there are still opportunities to take advantage of that. So yeah, I can see him within the zone runs, maybe maximizing those a little bit more, as well as seeing maybe some gap stuff, being able to see some of the counter runs, run a little bit of duo, see what you got with Clyde a little bit more here. But I'm anticipating that with the Chiefs, you know, kind of leaning on the run game a little bit more as of late, I think they're going to take a little step back from that just because it's going to be Clyde and then Jerick McKinnon's banged up. They're not going to be handing in the ball very often mm-hmm. at all. Well, and Prince got called up to from the practice squad last week. Mm-hmm. Didn't get any carries, I don't believe. You know, maybe this is a week you you try to get him involved a little bit. Be interested to see at least, you know, maybe they, maybe this is an opportunity for him to, to get a few carries here in this game. Uh, I would anticipate, you know, they, I, I, I could see them getting him involved. So that'll, that'll be something worth monitoring for sure is, you know, how that goes <laughs> if, if they get Denaric Prince involved at all as well. Anything else on offense you guys want to talk about before we move on, Matthew? You look you look chomping yeah, a bit. Quick quickly here. Um I think you saw it in spurts against the Packers. Um the issue of running an entire offense through screens and rub routes is when they pass off the rub routes and or, you know, crowd the line of scrimmage, it what makes your offense kind of unable to do anything. Uh there was more than one occasion where the Chiefs seemed that their only option for a route that was ever going to work was some kind of rub route. And, you know, I think a lot of people are going to go to the Sky Moore interception, but like even more so than that, there was the first red zone sack was Travis Kelsey on like an out route and they tried to get Pacheco underneath it and it was supposed to be a rub, but the Packers handled it well. The Packers did a really good job passing off or avoiding the Chiefs kind of pick routes especially in the red zone, and that caused a lot of stagnant offense because the Chiefs don't have another answer yet. We talked about it against the Raiders. They set themselves a baseline, and we saw that baseline again against the Packers. It's there. The problem is anytime a team starts to get in rhythm or get a good read on when those kind of things are coming, 
when the mesh stuff is coming. Notice how little mesh the Chiefs had to, were able to run against the Packers and they weren't able to hit it. Mm-hmm. The Packers did a really good job handling all that stuff. If you don't have another button to press, it gets real dicey. So if the Bills are able to take away Travis Kelsey, like the Packers kind of forgot he existed sometimes, but if they're able to take him away and handle these rub routes, even half as good as the Packers did, the offense might look real stagnant for stretches again. They don't have that answer yet. They have, again, they've established the baseline. They just have nothing else. I think there were spurts of that game versus Green Bay where Green Bay did a really good job, especially in the red zone, IDing what the Chiefs, the only thing the Chiefs can do and exploiting it. I am keeping an eye on, to kind of piggyback off of that, what they feel comfortable running against these corners in one-on-one situations and if Patrick Mahomes is going to unleash the back shoulder fade again, you know, try and Mm -hmm. take some chances with some of that stuff. We've seen the usage with Rasheed Rice. It made sense against the Packers who were playing crazy soft, get the ball in the hands of one of your best wide receivers and let him run into that secondary. I got got the why. Against the Buffalo Bills, guys like Teron Johnson, Dane Jackson, Rasul Douglas – not like they're bad players or anything like that, but give me Rasheed Rice at the catch point over those guys. Give give him the chance to come down with some of those again. Throw some more contested catch opportunities to try and knock them out of things. So try and get them to shade the bracket a little bit more towards a Rice so that you prevent some of those things from happening. Free Travis Kelsey up. Free another wide receiver up and hopefully they can do something with it. But You've got to do something different than just lining up and saying, okay, well, here's slant flat. Here's, you know, a you know, quick RPO. Here's mesh. Here's the same staple things that we're going to run 14 times a game. And we're going to hope that one of them pops and that we can, you know, get a guy a good look. Try and put some more on the plate for some of these other guys. Try and challenge some of them because, frankly, it's not working the other way. So why not? try a couple more of those contested catch opportunities. I see that as a good opportunity as well, but I also, like, weirdly enough, like, they might be able to try to get some guys involved in the middle of the field a little bit, too, with, you know, some of the linebacker struggles that I think the Bills have had. Uh, if you if you notice any, any linebacker that gets released, Bills Mafia is all over it, the same way Chiefs are on <laughs> There was, if there are any real receivers released, I think probably, you know, be in the same boat. So, you know, this might be an opportunity to get, you know, some guys opportunities in the middle of the field, try to, you know, those are some of the completions that this team has had a lot of success with historically anyway. And they've got to start finding a little bit more of that in the middle of the field, I think, to try to, you know, get some more consistency, you know, moving the chains within this offense. All right. Players to watch is presented by tickets for less promo code KCSN will get you the best guaranteed discount available on tickets for less for your chiefs tickets. So go to ticketsforless.com promo code KCSN gets you your best discounts available. Craig player to watch. Who you got? Oh yeah. I'm, I'm watching trip McDuffie. Um, I trip McDuffie had his worst game of the year against green Bay Packers. Uh, you know, again, we talked about the spikes thing. We talked about him slipping and sliding all over the place. It was not, a very positive game for him. And last year, when he played against the Buffalo Bills, I think that was when we started seeing a little bit of some, uh, uh, 
Sorry, he didn't play against Buffalo Bills. I'm so sorry. But, you know, I, we, we saw some stuff towards the end of the year where teams were able to take advantage of him vertically, you know, try to take some of those deep shots. Buffalo is going to try that, especially if he is lined up in the slot. They're going to try and get Gabe Davis going vertical with Trent McDuffie on him. That is an advantageous matchup without safety help. Trent McDuffie's got to have a good game. He's got to have a good game as a blitzer, bring Josh Allen down, as we talked about. He's got to have a good game and run support way better than he did against Green Bay. But I am worried about him in the slot having to track vertically against some of these guys that have the potential to take the top off of the defense and a quarterback that will throw that. Trent McDuffie having a good game on those sorts of things just absolutely turns the tide in the Chiefs' favor because he is that level of player. So I got my eyes on him as a bounce-back game for him, so I'm really looking forward to seeing him against the Bills this week. I'm going to... I'm gonna pull a can't here. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the obvious. I'm gonna go with the star player. Uh, we don't like to do this. Well, two of us don't like to do this. I'm going with Travis Kelsey. Um, I think there's been you know he's obviously in the national spotlight a lot more often this year, and I think that's brought extra criticism onto him. Whether in some cases maybe warranted because he has he doesn't look to be playing at the same levels he has in the past. It's not exactly his fault. He's getting older. He doesn't have as much help around him. He's getting a lot of focus on him. But also, the Chiefs' offense is supposed to run through him, and it seems like they've really hit a wall trying to do that this year. And part of that, I do think, is him losing a little bit of athleticism. Sometimes it seems like, I don't want to say he's not 100% focused, but there does seem to be a little bit more communication errors with Patrick Mahomes this year than I remember in years past. I think there was a play against the Packers where he just stopped a crosser and tried to reverse field thinking the linebacker didn't have leverage, and I am 99% sure Mahomes is going to throw it to him, crossing the face of the linebacker. Like just little stuff like that seems to be popping up a little bit more this year. I think maybe he's pressing, Mahomes is pressing, it's not working. This game against a Bills team that doesn't have good linebackers. They're out there right now, they're playing Tyrell Dodson and Terrell Bernard. Occasionally Dorian Williams gets in there. None of these guys should really prove much of an impact in terms of slowing down Travis Kelsey anytime they're matched up one-on-one or he's operating into their zones. Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde aren't the same safeties that they've been in the past either. They've clearly lost a step as well. They clearly, like Kelsey, aren't quite the same level of athlete have they been in the past. So maybe he, there will be more space to exploit. I don't think the Bills are particularly good up the spine of their pass coverage unit. That is, a, this is another game where Travis Kelsey could have a pretty big game not just finding open space on broken plays like against the Packers, but actually creating that separation himself, beating guys on routes like we saw against the Chargers sometimes, like we saw against the Raiders sometimes. We might get a more you know vintage Kelsey performance in this one just because of the opponents across from. Agreed. I think there'll be. I think there might even be more success in the middle field outside of Travis Kelsey. I'm gonna go with Willie Gay Jr. With a lot of the linebacker issues that we've seen, you know, this team in, in enduring, right? We we've got Drew Tranquil likely missing this game. We got Nick Bolton back, but who knows in what ca- capacity or like we believe he's going to be back. Willie Gay needs to be on the field a little bit more, specifically in a matchup against Josh Allen, a guy that has you know, Willie Gay's made some splash plays against the Bills, and he's a guy that can create negative plays from the linebacker position. And what's more, he's got the physicality and athleticism, you know, to try to match with Josh Allen, you know, potentially in space or if they want to try to blitz him or if they want to use him as a spy. Like, I think they need to unleash the athleticism of Willie Gay in this game specifically uh, as a matchup response to Josh Allen. So that's what I'm going to go with for this one. My player to watch is Willie Gay. And as a reminder, tickets for less, promo code KCSN. Best 
discount available on the site. All right. Time to predict Chiefs Bills in Arrowhead. I'm going to start actually because I'm going to go negative. Uh, and I, not oh, negative. I actually don't think it's going to be that much of a negative. Like it's picking the Chiefs to lose. I don't think that. I think you're going to see steps. I think you'll see improvement from this team. I actually think you know you're going to see some things that are going to you're going to walk away feeling positive. I think I think Wani Morse is going to have a good game. I think you'll see the receivers take some steps. I'm not sure the Chiefs are going to turn the football over. I just think that the Buffalo Bills are a desperate team. I think they are a team that is you know, with their backs against the wall. And they have a quarterback that is uniquely c- capable of going blow for blow with Patrick LaVon Mahomes. I think it's a tough task with the injuries that the Chiefs have in the back seven of their defense. So I I think there's going to be some takeaways. And guess what? This is the last loss I'm predicting for the rest of the regular season. Like, I think this team's going to be 12-5. and five. There's still an outside chance because they have all these tiebreakers that they could wind up the one seed. They need, you know, the Dolphins and they need uh, you know, uh, they who was the other team that they need? They two teams that dropped to five, uh, Ravens. two more Ravens. Ravens. Yeah, there it is. They play each other, so that helps you a little bit. On the Bills, yeah. So, uh, I think the I think the Dolphins have one more game against the Bills too. So, I uh, I'm not over. I'm not going to be doom and gloom if they lose this game. I think this is a really tough spot to put this this Chiefs team in with everything that they've got going on. I'm picking the Chiefs to lose 30 to 24. I think there's going to be some good things to take away after it. Josh Allen's just going to have a really, really good game. You want me to go? Okay. Yeah. Um, Chiefs lose 27-24. Um, I I don't know if I, I and I even feel a little generous getting the 24. I think the Chiefs 24 means that Andy Reid does loosen up a little bit. He does try a little bit more to do more stuff against a Bills team. I think if you get the traditional Andy Reid versus AFC opponent where you run the first two-day install stuff from training camp and you just see if Patrick Mahomes and your stars can carry you to victory in which it usually results in a one-possession game with the Chiefs ending with the ball. I I, I don't know if they get there by doing that. I do think they're going to have to open stuff up a little bit. The problem is we've been waiting all year to see them open stuff up and it's just not there. I don't know if I have that level of confidence right now that it's just going to click in this game. Um, I kind of am waiting to see it. And they found that baseline. And I think the screen game, the quick passing, the rubs, the mesh stuff will probably work a little bit against this Bills defense because they they play a little soft. They like to play zone, keep stuff in front of them. If they let them do that, the Chiefs will hang in there score-wise. But at the end of the day, one of these two quarterbacks, I kind of have confidence to go put up points. One of the two quarterbacks. It's not the quarterback play in particular. It's the offense as a whole. I have confidence the Bills are going to go score points. I don't have confidence the Chiefs are going to go score points. If they get the ball last, I don't have confidence the Chiefs are going to score. If the Bills get the ball last, it's a real 50-50. If this Chiefs defense is going to come up with a big stop or if they are, so I'm going to lean into the quarterback and the offense that I think is playing a lot better right now and you know hope that I am surprised and wrong at the end of it. You guys ready for this? You're go wrong. Um, no. Uh, last year, when the Kansas City Chiefs played the Buffalo Bills in week six, uh, Chiefs put up 20 yeah. points. Patrick Mahomes turned the ball over twice through two interceptions. There was a missed field goal in there. The Buffalo Bills did have a fumble on the opening drive, but largely played good football. A couple turnovers on downs. Chiefs could not turn over you know, Josh Allen through the air. He threw zero picks, and they only sacked him once. It was not 
a very good defense that came into that game. And Steve Spagnuolo held a very good offense to 24 points without turning him over, without creating a bunch of negative plays through some turnovers on downs. This is a way better defense. And frankly, I think this is a worse Buffalo Bills offense than they saw. I fully expect, yes, Joe Brady is a better play caller. I I really do believe that. But I fully expect that Steve Spagnuolo is going to come out with a really good game plan. He's going to limit some of the yardage that can be had there. And I think Josh Allen, they're going to try and get him going through the air, and he's going to press a little bit. And when he presses, we're going to see maybe the completion percentage drop a little bit more. And so now all of a sudden, you're seeing more opportunity for the Chiefs defense to stay ahead of the sticks. Conversely, on offense, they are playing against largely the same Buffalo Bills defense, except they're older, and they are without Matt Milano, and not enough gets made about that. Matt Milano is a very good football player, an extremely good one that has eliminated a lot of stuff that this Chiefs offense has tried to do in the past. The trickery that Andy Reid has put on tape, the things that they've tried to get by with, Matt Milano has erased. He's not there anymore. Andy Reid getting out the good playbook. Now, that only means that the Chiefs, in my book, are scoring 20 points in this game. But I fully <laughs> believe that the Chiefs defense is good enough to keep this Bills offense down. This is going to be a low-scoring February football-type game. I got the Chiefs winning this one 20-14 on the backs of a great defensive performance, an efficient enough offensive performance, and the Chiefs help put the Buffalo Bills out of the playoffs for the rest of the year. They go ahead and get their leg up on the AFC again. Hope you're right, Craig. I'm rooting for it. Uh, I don't, yeah, I, I, I still think you're going to see some growth regardless of the score, but I'm not into moral victories. I hope it's not a moral victory. That's going to do it for this episode of the KC Laboratory. Thank you all so much for listening, watching, subscribing, supporting, and supporting the KCSN Foundation. We love you. We appreciate you. We'll catch you later.